Hello, and welcome to another podcast by Touchstone Financial Education. Today, we are going to be talking about options trading. This is the last one. We've recorded three. All right. Last time, we spoke about call options. Today, we're going to talk about put options. But before I get there, let me just go ahead and get a little business out of the way. Congratulations to the team here at Touchstone Financial Education. We finally got on Google and Apple podcast platforms. So for those of you who are regular listeners, you now have another avenue to find us. And for those of you who are new, welcome and thank you for listening. Now, on to what we discussed last time, the call options. Just briefly, the call options allowed us to create strategies around bullish as well as bearish positions. Remember, when you buy a call, you are bullish. When you sell or write, W-R-I-T-E, a call, you are bearish. The same applies here to what we're going to discuss today, which are puts. Now, for those of you who are listening and maybe logged into your platform, you might have noticed on your options chain, which is a quote screen for options trading, okay, that the left column on your screen was calls. The right side of the column was put. So last time was the left side of the screen. Today, we're going to be taking a look at the uh, right side of the screen, all right, focusing on puts only. Now, again, the definition of, a, of an options contract is this contract allows you to buy or sell a position at a certain price within a certain time frame. That's straight across the board for both calls and puts. And now that we're on the right side of the screen, let's kind of get into it and the first concept I'd like to describe is the bearish position. People who trade puts are usually doing so to protect themselves as a hedge on an investment, or they believe a position, a stock, let's say, is going to go down from 10 to $7 a share. How it works is you go in the market, look at your options chain screen, you buy the put so you pay the premium the premium is the cost of the contract all right now every contract for those of you who remember represents 100 shares we call that a round lot okay 100 shares per contract so we're going to go in and buy this put contract because we believe the stock is going to decrease in value maybe you think the earnings report won't be so good or analysts are saying they're not executing properly. Whatever it may be, you're bearish on the position. All right. So we go in and we buy a put. And let's say our strike price is $10 a share. The stock is trading at, let's say, $11.50 a share at the time we make the purchase. Okay. And the contract won't expire, let's say, till the end of June. Well, between now and the end of June, we have the opportunity to put that contract to another investor. And what that means is if our strategy is going to work, the stock is going to go down. We put the contract to another person and they have to buy our stock at the strike price, $10 a share. All right. So let's run through that example. The stock is trading at 1150. We bought a contract for $10 a share. And let's say the earnings were disappointing and the stock goes down. And let's say it goes down to $7 a share. Well, the stock moved through 
the strike price of $10 a share. So now the contract is in the money. Remember, in the money means that you can exercise the contract to acquire the underlying stock, or in this case, to sell it. All right. So the stock started at 1150, moved down through the strike price of $10. Now we have some decisions to make. We can sell the contract, the put that we bought, which would increase in value the further the stock goes down, or we can exercise it. And most options traders, believe it or not, they don't exercise. They just go ahead and sell the contract because if it went from $11.50 a share down to $7 a share, correspondingly, your put contract increased in value. Remember, this is a bearish strategy. Okay, so what we would do is either A, sell it, or we're going to go ahead and acquire, or excuse me, sell the stock. All right, we're going to put the contract to another investor and they have to honor it by buying our shares at $10 a share, even though its market value is $7 a share. So we just made $3 per share, right? Plus, you know, if we sold the contract, the premium value also increased the amount of money we paid for the contract. That's basically the most common put strategy out there. And how it works in the real world is people who are buying puts, yes, you can make money on the options contract itself. Go for it. But generally speaking, people are buying puts to protect themselves against downside risk. So let's take a stock like Tesla, for example, okay? We like Tesla, but we're not quite sure of its near-term action, its near-term price moves, all right? So we'll go out and let's say buy 100 shares of Tesla. Well, just in case, just in case, we're gonna go ahead and buy a put. So if our long position buying Tesla and I'm just going to say $10 a share. Yes, I know it's much more than that. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, let's go ahead and buy that Tesla at $10 a share. And of course, we want it to go up. That's what we want to do. Even if we're a buy and hold strategist, we want it to go up. But to protect ourselves in the near term, we're going to buy that contract so that if our position moves against us, meaning it goes down instead of up, we can go ahead and exercise the put we bought and put that stock to someone else and we've minimized our loss. That's a hedge. This is a age old strategy that hedge funds and other managers, money managers have used for decades. All right. This is the most basic of put strategies. Now, bearish positions are not the only strategy in and around options trading. Okay, because just like with calls, there is the bull side, there is the bear side. All right. And the probably the least common strategy in and around puts would be writing or selling a put. Okay. You're basically giving somebody the right to sell you back that stock potentially at a higher price. All right, so we're on the other side of the transaction in a bullish put position. And the way it works is we go ahead and sell that contract and we collect the premium. Remember, on the bearish side, we paid the premium. 
In this case, we are going to collect the premium. So we made a little bit of money up front. Now, we have to honor that agreement if, in fact, that position moves against us and somebody wants to put that contract to us. That's all right. We knew what we were doing when we wrote the contract anyway. We assumed the risk. We were aware of the risk and we accept it. That's just the way it is, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So we are going to write that put, collect the premium. Now, let's say our position in Tesla works and it goes up. All right. That contract then will expire worthless. Remember, options contracts have a limit in time on them. It's called the expiration. All right. So let's say that underlying stock Tesla goes from $10 a share to $15 a share. Good for us. We made some good money. We collected the premium on the put that we sold and the person who bought that put, they're out of the money and their contract expires worthless. Now, let's say again that the position moved against us. So instead of going from $10 a share to $15 a share, it went from 10 down to seven. Now we're on the other end of this transaction. So guess what? Somebody can put that contract to us. And now we have to buy the stock at $7 a share, or excuse me, we have to buy the stock when it is $7 a share. And the strike price or the contract price is $10 a share. So we just basically lost three bucks a share. That is in a nutshell, the two most basic put strategies. You're either going to buy the put because you were bearish or you're going to sell the put because you're a bullish. And the reason why the bullish strategy is the least popular because instead of writing the put or selling the put, okay, because remember you're bullish, you can just go in and either buy the stock or you can look to the left side of your options chain screen and you can buy a call. So most investors, especially individual investors, tend to buy the call instead of selling the put. All right. Now, if we're to put this on a grid, just briefly, buying calls and selling puts are bullish. Okay. And let me say that again. Buying calls and selling puts are bullish, okay? Selling calls or writing calls and buying puts are bearish. So first we have to determine which direction we think the position is going to move in. Then we go ahead and exercise our strategy based on a bullish or that bearish position, all right? Let me do, let me do that again, because I know that Puts can be conceptually a little bit more difficult to understand, all right? Bullish position is buying a call or selling a put. We think the stock is going to go up in a certain time, all right, at a certain price. The bearish position would be to sell that call or to buy the put, all right? And a lot of times, if, if you want to get down to it, if you are a pretty good trader, you know, you might not go ahead and sell a put because you're bullish, you're just going to go ahead and buy the stock or buy a call. Conversely, if you're a bear, you know what? You might not go ahead and go through the hassle of buying a put 
you might just short the stock, which leads me into something else here. When we short a stock, all right, the first leg of that transaction, okay, the first leg, as it's called, of that transaction is we actually borrow the stock from our investment bank, from our platform, Schwab, TD Ameritrade, E-Trade, whoever, all right, wherever you're placing your options trades, wherever you're active, you're going to borrow that stock, all right, and then you turn around and sell it because you think it's gonna go down, okay? So let's use our example again. Let's say we think Tesla is gonna go down. We're gonna short the stock. Remember, this is like buying a put, okay? We're gonna short the stock. So we borrow the stock from our firm at $10 a share. At some point in the future, we have to return those shares to our firm, E-Trade, TD Ameritrade, Schwab, whoever, okay? And we're hoping that it goes down in value. So when we return the stock to our firm, we return it at a lower price. So in our example, we shorted the stock at 10. It went down to seven. Well, now we're going to go back in the market and we're going to buy the stock back and return those shares to our firm. And in this case, we would have made $3 a share, the difference from 10 to seven, where we bought it back in the market. Some of you might have heard the phrase squeezing your shorts. Okay, I know that kind of sounds funny, but what that actually means is you were bearish on a position, you shorted the stock, and instead of going down, it went up. And when that happens, your firm is gonna say, hey, you've got to return the stock to us sooner than later. All right, that's a short squeeze. And so, if it went from 10 to 15 instead of 10 to 7, your short was squeezed. And now you've got to go into the market and buy that stock back at $15 a share. So now you just lost five bucks a share. Sophisticated traders will go ahead and use, let's say, a call option. They'll buy a call maybe at 10. And so this is when we get into straddling the market and all this other stuff. And I don't really want to get into that today just via podcast, because I think this would require um, a screen. And this is where our YouTube videos are going to come into play, because we'll also have materials on the screen to show you how this works, how this looks on paper. But overall, ladies and gentlemen, shorting a stock, meaning we're bearish, and buying a put are the same thing. And I think operationally, it is easier to short the stock than it is to go in and buy a put, which is why put trading, if you will, is less popular than buying and selling calls. So that's it. Oh, one more thing. To trade options, to short stocks, your account has to be approved for margin. Okay. And margin is just credit that your brokerage firm will extend to you to go ahead and exercise these trades. Like I said, remember, when we're shorting a stock, we are borrowing from our firm. All right. And they're not going to lend you their shares unless you've gotten approved for that type of credit, or in this case, it's called margin. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. We did calls, we did puts. And remember, buying a call, writing a put is bullish, selling a call, and buying a put is bearish. Let me say that one more time. Buying a call, 
and selling a put is bullish. Selling a call and buying that put is bearish. And I had to repeat that for myself too, because in my head I can kind of get confused. I usually like to write my options trades down on paper before I execute them. That's just how I learned. A lot of the platforms today will do that for you. They'll figure out which is the best strategy around positions. TD Ameritrade is really good with that, which is now Schwab, by the way. E-Trade, same thing. They'll show you the time value of money. They'll show you the amount of risk you're assuming on the trade. So you don't have to be old school like me and sit there with your calculator and your notepad trying to figure out which is the best position to take in the near term. All right. And since this is our last options podcast for a while, I'm going to go ahead and go through some buzzwords here. I'm going to give you guys a, a list of spelling words, if you will. All right. Remember, strike price. That's the price in the contract where the option is going to be exercised. Okay. In our example today, that's $10 a share. All right. So if a stock is trading at the strike price, we say that the position is at the money. If it is, let's say, um, um, nowhere near our strike price, okay, or even if it's close, if it's not near our strike price, whether we're buying or selling, that would be out of the money, meaning we can't exercise the contract. Okay, and sometimes those contracts, well, not sometimes, a lot of times those contracts will expire worthless. They'll expire out of the money. Now, let's say your position worked, then it's not out of the money. It's not at the money. It is in the money. Okay, so those are some buzzwords in and around the strike price. Now, the second thing and very important on an options contract is the expiration. All options contracts have an expiration, whether it is very soon, maybe here in a few weeks, or in some cases, there are options contracts that will stay open for two years. Those are called leaps. All right. So every options contract has an expiration. And if you don't exercise within that time period at that strike price, the contract will expire worthless. Now, most options contracts expire on, technically, get this, they expire on the third Saturday following the third Friday of the month. Those of you who've sat for a Series 7 or other licenses in the uh, financial services industry know what I'm talking about. It's a weird expiration date, I know, because basically they expire on Friday. As an investor, that's all we know. We don't really care about the third Friday after the third Saturday, whatever. But these expiration dates are also called witching. And for those of you who watch the Bloomberg and, and CNBC and Fox Business, whatever, every now and again, they'll use a phrase witching or a triple witching. That just means that options are expiring in mass on that day. All right. Which tends to skew volume and volatility. And for those of you who listen to my trading podcast, you'll understand what I mean. Okay. Another important component of an options contract, just to kind of wrap this up, is time value. Now, again, me being old school, got a calculator, got my notepad, I can by my hand figure out time value. That's how I learned. All right. But most of the platforms today, they will show you time value in your platform. So as you explore options trading, please be mindful of that time value. The closer you get to an expiration date, 
the lower the time value of that options contract is. And remember, where do we start? We start with our options chain, which is just the quote screen for options trading, right? Left side is calls, right side is puts. And for those of you who are never gonna trade options, that's okay, but check this out. Take a look at an options chain and you'll notice that when the call side of your screen is green or it's showing positive movement, meaning it's going up, you'll notice that on the put side, it's going down. That's the difference between the bulls and the bears overall. And of course, all the strategies, the simple strategies that we discussed in the last couple of podcasts, you put that in that framework and you get an idea of how aggressive investors are positioning themselves or what they're thinking about the market. So it's also a great indicator of near-term action on a stock, even if you never place an options trade by watching and understanding the options chain or the quote screen for options, you'll get an idea of what traders are thinking about that underlying stock in the near term, maybe a few weeks, a few months. Um, leaps don't necessarily work that way because they go out, like I said, two years. So you're not going to get a good indication of sentiment. You know, keep that sentiment indicator or metric, if you will, very short term. For those of you, again, who listened to that trading podcast I did, this also coincides with analyzing volume and charts, et cetera. And I'm going to circle back to all of that again at some point in the future. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go back to some more of the fundamentals of investing, just looking at the data we collect. I know a lot of you are interested in asset allocation and risk and some of the basics. So we're going to tie all of these components together um, on the next podcast or so, as well as some other suggestions from you listeners. And by the way, thank you guys for going ahead on our website, touchstonefinancialeducation.com and putting together uh, uh, you know, some clicks on our website because we do have a page for suggestions and kind of following that lead now. So thank you very much for listening. Again, my name is Elliot. You can check us out on our website at touchstonefinancialeducation.com. Congrats to the team here at TFE. We are now on Google and Apple and things are growing and expanding. Slowly but surely, slowly but surely. Next time, in a couple of weeks, we will discuss again more of the basics for you who are just starting to listen to us. Thanks once again, and please enjoy the rest of your week.